Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps or applications out there and is also a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is once again a great pleasure to be back with you yet again today. A Minnesota Vikings game that had a bit of uh, back and forth momentum. Generally, it felt like the Vikings had this one in the bag, and then it kind of didn't, and then the Vikings' defense made a couple of good stands and wound up winning the game 22-27. The Vikings have the 27. Well, hey, the New York Jets were a very, very good football team. There's no doubt about it. Well-coached, great, incredible defense, especially pass defense, much more so than run defense, but definitely could be a pain in the butt. Uh, their past defense is outstanding, and Kirk Cousins uh, didn't exactly have his greatest game of his life. But we went up against a quarterback who, in some ways, kind of is kind of sort of like a rookie. Well, his second year, he throws more interceptions than he throws touchdowns, except for last week against the Bears. Green Bay took advantage of that today as well. <clears throat> a couple of interceptions for Mike White in today's game. I'm not all too surprised by that. And uh, 57 attempts and the 369 yards. Incredible amount of offense by the New York uh, Jets particularly in the second half. Uh, They struggled offensively in the first half, but then started getting a heck of a lot more done in the second half, making the game a lot scarier, a lot more interesting. And, you know, obviously the Jets, in a lot of ways, dominated the second half. Minnesota Vikings went into halftime up 20-6. to You figure, well, it's not necessarily in the bag, but the Vikings are in pretty good good standings, and the Jets just kept chipping away, chipping away, getting into field goal range. At least this Vikings defense is pretty damn good in the red zone. I would have to say, except when Mike White was able to run it into the end zone with a heck of a lot of time left, about seven minutes left, and a chance to possibly win the game if their defense held up. And their defense did hold up pretty nicely Did the New York Jets. Thankfully, Minnesota was able to escape. Justin Jefferson received the touchdown from uh, Kirk Cousins, the only touchdown pass in the game. Luckily, Kirk did not throw any interceptions, no turnovers. Uh, the run, the uh, overall Running offense was good, particularly, again, in the first half. The Jets' defense overall was better in the second half. And not all too surprised, Justin Jefferson stymied quite a bit by uh, Sauce Gardner, who I didn't even talk about on the last episode, and I feel bad about that. Obviously, he's a phenomenal cornerback, probably maybe the best cornerback in the in the entire league, I'd have to say. He's way up there. Uh, his analytics and his statistics and numbers and all that, so you look at the fact that he only has 32 tackles on the entire season, or at least leading into this game. It's insane to think. Uh, the talk is that he's only been targeted about four times a game coming into this one. He was targeted only about four times a game and giving up like seven yards a game. That is like off the charts, like crazy. We're talking like insane numbers that barely make sense. Um, phenomenal fourth round, uh, first round pick just this past draft. Fourth overall pick, and yeah, I mean, it, it shows. It shows that he was a, the best cornerback in the draft, and when you make draft picks like that and you're in position to make them, it, it can help change your franchise. I mean, the definition of shutdown corner is a sauce gardener. Um, young 22 years of age, turned 22, coming into training camp on August 31st, coming out of Cincy, Cincinnati Bearcats. <laughs> yep, um, but uh, obviously, again, what an amazing uh, player he is. And I'm sure the New York Jets are very excited for his future in the NFL. Um, again, probably the best cornerback there is. And it's just, I deeply apologize for not talking about him on the last episode. 
Uh, to, to, to you first and to him second also. Again, I mean, it's like, obviously the Jets' defense is good, but let's talk about where a lot of the credit should go, and that's to somebody with that level of talent. Uh, Greg Zerline made all five of his kicks. He was Greg the Leg, and Greg, the other Greg the Leg, I guess Greg Joseph, finally made one from uh, beyond 50 yards, so congratulations. That was the first score of the game, and you figure it's like, hey, any points you can get, please execute properly, and both of the kickers did. They made all their extra points, and their extra, yeah, their extra points, and of course their their kicks, the regular kicks. Greg Joseph, 51-yarder, the longest in quite a while. Um, again, he was he like two of seven from beyond 50 yards this year, so that's kind of crappy. Luckily, made his second one of the season after booming them in the preseason. Again, it's funny preseason, and it's like, and, and a kick is a kick, right? You'd think preseason shouldn't matter as much in terms of like, oh, it's just preseason. It should still kind of count. You're still making. 51-yard kicks, but I suppose the pressure level isn't the same. Uh, Zerline's long was 48. A lot of Zerline's were in the 30s today. 36 and 30. Of course, he did make a 60-yarder, pardon me, at the end of the half to put the Jets closer within two regular touchdowns, basically, at that point, rather than three scores. Um, so he did make a 60-yarder. That's where Greg the leg comes from. But again, most of his kicks, 36, 30, and 26, just tells you again that the bend-but-don't-break defense was... Not broken. It it bent and it bent and it bent so far, but it never did break. It's like that piece of metal that just doesn't break. It just keeps bending, and thankfully it held on. Yeah, in a big way, and uh, the Vikings end up winning the game. It's like, <laughs> should the Vikings get to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl or something like that? You you're just hoping and praying it's a close game because it just seems like this defense seems to come through when it matters. They make the big stop at the goal line. They make the interception, the turnover, whatever it is. And you come out, you know, celebrating the victory and all that. Um, hopefully it, that takes place, like say, if it's the Vikings and Chiefs in the Super Bowl or something like that, that there it is. Um, and it seems like the games they lose, it's like you know pretty much right away. It's just like ugly as bleep, and it just keeps going. And by halftime, you know, it's just like the Philadelphia game where it's like, what, 31-7 to 7 or something. No, 38-7, to 7, some garbage I think it was 31 to 7. Yeah. And you just you just didn't didn't even care anymore. Like it's just you just know they're done. There's no energy in this team and it was so heartbreaking. So hope and pray that uh Minnesota's on the on the right end of that should we wind up in one or one or both of those humongous games that change the history of your franchise. Right now instead of Cincinnati and Kansas City, that'll be joining me in the background here. Flashing on the screen. Right now, it's Minnesota versus the Dallas Stars. The Minnesota Wild versus the Dallas Stars in OT. Talk about bend but don't break, at least so far. Well, maybe it will break. We'll see. It's in overtime. The Wild are up 5-1. to one. So a little Brave the Wild cameo here. The Minnesota Wild are up 5-1. to one. Now it's 5-5. Five to five. Wow. Um, Dallas Stars wearing uniforms that look awfully similar to what the Minnesota North Stars wore in their final couple years here in Minnesota before Norm Green moved them away. Um, the logo exactly what it was at that time, without saying Dallas on top of it, so kind of interesting. Um, and, then, and of course, they're wearing it while playing us, so it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> sorry for the distraction, but it's, you know, it's an overtime game, and seeing the Wild blow a four-goal lead is kind of weird. Mike White, like I said, 369 yards in the air. Jeez, but it did attempt 57 passes to get there. Garrett Wilson, you know, he was he was okay early. Obviously, he's one of the better players on the New York Jets, another one of the young up-and-comers. One up with 162 yards, 15 targets, only 8 catches out of the 15. But hey, he made some big, big, big plays. And he's another first-round pick. The New York Jets built their team nicely this past spring. The 22nd, uh, again, oh, excuse me, 
2022 NFL Draft. He was the 10th pick in the draft. So, I mean, Garrett Wilson, obviously a rising star, and Sauce Gardner, holy crap. Whew. Yeah, I mean, that's those are essential positions, uh, outside of the starting quarterback anyway, to having a successful franchise. Obviously, having a really good receiver is nice to have. Um, they don't always work out in the first round. Oftentimes, you can get them in the later rounds and like, oh, he's, he's the right guy. Um, but sometimes you do get one late in the first round that ends up being the best player in football, basically like Randy Moss and best receiver anyway, Randy Moss and then Justin Jefferson um, about 20 years later, 22 years later. Um, and uh, But of course, again, the uh, the cornerback position because you got to be able to defend the pass and you get a guy that allows numbers that almost, they, they don't even make sense. It doesn't sound like he's on the same planet as as a NFL cornerback. Like a- analytics that don't make sense. Like how how do you only allow seven yards like a game basically that's off the charts like how and it's also because guys just don't want to throw it in his direction like they say five targets that doesn't mean five catches that means five targets so think about it <laughs> yeah sauce gardener yep this is the sauce gardener show it's the sauce gardener mafia um the uh, sauce gardener award goes to sauce gardener and uh, okay sorry <laughs> I, I i had to say it yeah, again, I'm just kicking myself and mad for not even bringing these uh, guys up. But again, you know, youngsters, you know, you don't hear about them as much, especially being in the other conference, as you'd want to hear about coming in. So, and it's just, of course I'd heard about him, but it was like not at the top of your mind, like something like division rivals and such and conference rivals. Whoa, hoo, hoo, this wild almost lost. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Okay. <laughs> It was a very entertaining football game, again, and two young coaches that are outstanding at what they do. Robert Sala, apparently the first Lebanese, uh, he's not Lebanese-born, but of Lebanese heritage. He's born in Dearborn, Michigan. Robert Sala, 43 years of age, six months younger than me, about to turn 44. Six months older, I keep saying younger, six months older than me. So class of 97, basically, Um, because I'm 98. An old 98, and he's a younger, younger, medium age 97. Um, and again, was the coordinator of the uh, defensive coordinator of the 49ers that went to the Super Bowl, and it was a great defense and well respected. And people were getting offended when he wasn't getting head coaching jobs. And it's like, oh, he went to the Jets. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, people, coaches go there to die, it seems like, which is really sad. Um, but, well, this is the time where the New York Jets are significantly better again. They get a young coach that really does know what he's doing, along with making some really wonderful draft choices and being in position to make those picks as well. That doesn't hurt either. Um, having the fourth and 10th pick in the draft will do that, but it's taking the right players helps. Um, so things heading in the right direction for the New York Jets. Uh, it's a nice feeling, though, that the Minnesota Vikings were able to survive yet another game where they didn't look all that great. Again, Delvin Cook early on and Alexander Madison made it look kind of easy. Even Kirk Cousins had another one of his runs for a first down what was it, a, yep, an 11-yard run. I thought it was 12, but I guess it was 11. That was fun. Uh, that was a great feeling. Uh, the, he actually looked pretty good. He, he laid down his shoulder a la Dante Culpepper back in the day and Adrian Peterson, guys like that, <laughs> at the end of the run. Um, impressive. Kirk Cousins is, uh, obviously, again, That was it's, it's nice to see. He's, he's a different guy. He's a different guy. He doesn't have the sexy stats, but, again, further proof it's not all about the stats. You put up your 34 touchdowns, 35 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions and 4,400 yards, and you went nine and eight. Woohoo. How about what he's doing now? A little more interceptions, a little uglier quarterback rating and completion percentage, and you're 10 and two. 
<laughs> and even <laughs> and even with an in, what you'd probably think is an inferior defense to uh, 2019, you know, a team like that where the Vikings had a what 10 and seven record. No, we were in 10 and seven, 10 and six. We were still at 16 games at the time. Um, that was two years before all that changed. And again, you have all these weapons. You make good use of them. You take chances in areas where you used to not. Used to be a checkdown Charlie, you know, just like uh, the other quarterback we had, Sam Bradford. So, um, <clears throat> again, just you have the weapons, and the defense makes the timely plays at the end of the day, where that'll make Ed Donatale look a little better, despite the 900,000 yards he gives up a season, apparently. But <laughs> the turnovers at the end, the big stops at the end, that end up saving the day. And you end up uh, celebrating, hopefully, the ultimate victory for this franchise someday. Hopefully it, uh, hopefully it happens in the next couple of months here. But um, that's obviously a ways to go before we can celebrate that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, but of course, uh, the only teams in the NFC with double-digit victories, the Philadelphia Eagles 11-1. and God, Vikings 10-2. and The Eagles just won't lose. Just like they, just like in 2017, they just won't freaking lose. <sighs> the Vikings were basically what the Eagles were back in. Yeah, we were 11 and one back in 2000, and then and then Culpepper had the high ankle sprain, and they lost all the rest of the games. And then, yeah, I don't know. And then we beat a mediocre Saints team because we still had a first round bye and got killed by the Giants. So I don't know. Hopefully, the Minnesota Vikings can steal home field advantage away, and even still, maybe at the end of the day the Vikings uh, get some sweet revenge on not just the second game of the season, but on 2017 and all the other times we lost to the Eagles in the postseason. Here, come the, here comes Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars. It's a shootout. What the devil was that, Flurry? He, he just reached out way too far. Robertson still had, can, yeah, he still had the puck. And yeah, of course, Robertson scored his 500th goal against the Wild in two years. Yeah, I'm kind of exaggerating a lot today, but I don't know. It's annoying. The amount of yards was annoying, and the amount of goals Jason Robertson scores against the Wild is annoying, too. <laughs> Every freaking... Oh, that was nice. So, Carrillo. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think so. Yeah, the Vikings did not get to Mike White once today. Not a single sack. Not a single one. Eric Hendricks with 14 total tackles, 9 solo. He was actually really good. Laid some big hits. Harrison Smith was freaking awesome today. Let's give him credit. And he had three pass deflections. He had that interception early that put the Vikings in good position. Unfortunately, only only went up with three points. God, what's going on with Flurry? Shh. Couldn't stop a beach ball in this in the shootout. And the second half of the game, too. But anyhow, um, great games by Kendricks, uh, Harrison Smith. At least they were, you know, pretty good. The tackling was mediocre throughout the game, but at least some big moments. Again, Harrison Smith, I thought, played one of his better games of the year. Cam Bynum also added an interception. A couple of pass deflections. Duke Shelley, a couple of pass deflections. He's been a nice underdog, a nice dark horse uh, player for the Minnesota Vikings. Hmm, okay, cool. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was distracted. Yep, so good. Kaprizov, nice goal there in the shootout to get things back. All right, well, neither goalie stopped a single shot yet. That's funny. Uh, Caleb Evans, I thought, was decent for the most part. I thought so, but generally speaking, I know you're probably like, what's he talking about? Patrick Peterson, they didn't throw his direction. Obviously, again, he's having a hell of a renaissance season. Nice. Good. He's having a hell of a renaissance season. Wild have a chance to win. That's good. <laughs> uh, Zadarius Smith, only a couple of tackles. He's definitely been invisible, and I don't think his knee is all 
all, all right right now. Uh, Delvin Tomlinson returned finally, which is wonderful. Um, so at least there's pieces, obviously. And again, the tons of yards given up. But again, the key of this game is making the big stops when it matters most. And you feel so much better when that kind of thing can happen. Um, there it is. Wild win, wild win. Wow, what a nice move. We escaped Dallas after giving up a four-goal lead. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Whew. Okay, well, now I can stop being distracted. That was a nice move. <laughs> so there's your Brave the Wild cameo for uh, Purple Mafia. That's another podcast, of course. <laughs> Brave the Wild, sorry. Um, I know you probably hate me right now. <laughs> but um, an- another thing I talked about, and I'll probably get into that more in the fan interaction, the I just love the New York Jets helmets. Uh, I, I stopped by, helped my parents set up their Christmas tree um, right as the game was ending, basically. Right right after the game, well, yeah, right as the game ended, I, uh, I, I stopped by to my parents and helped them set up the Christmas tree and all that. And she said the same thing about the uh, New York Jets helmets. It's the, it's the best helmet she's ever saw. You know, I, I love the New York Jets helmets. So I'll talk about that some more in fan interaction. I don't know if anybody responded to that. I'm just, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of a scary game. It's nice the Vikings were able to escape. It, but, I mean, again, <laughs> that just seems to be the theme right now. Bend, don't bend, but don't break. I guess that's the title of the episode, and you could say that probably the last 15 weeks practically. Bend, bend but don't break. Donna Shell this. Uh, you know, the New York Jets are impressive that. But again, yet another game the Vikings probably would have lost most of the last couple of years. Probably would have lost it in 2019. 2017, probably would have won, I think. Probably would have won in 2017. Uh, 2019, 2018, hell no, we would have lost for sure. We would have been probably, yeah, we would have we lost in 18. We would have lost in uh, the last two years for sure of Zimmer here, 20 and 22, 21. Um, but definitely a team that has a ton of promise going forward with this it felt like, I thought K.J. Osborne was more involved. Only two catches. I thought he had like three or four. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, they were some nice plays, I guess, at the time. Adam Thielen's with some weird plays, though, as well. Kind of running backwards. I'm not sure what that was all about. Uh, there was a close play with T.J. Hawkinson where he was able to get the first down where Sala tried to overturn it. And, I don't know, he was wrong with that one. Big play to Jalen Rager, which... Uh, as well, if Kirk Cousins wasn't getting hit when he threw the ball, he might have he might have had a touchdown. Uh, Kirk Cousins might have been able to lead him into the end zone, but still, what a nice play, heads-up play by Jalen Rager coming back to the ball and pulling it in. Unfortunately, that was the only time he was targeted in the entire game. So I was going to make a joke because Jalen Rager had more yards than Justin Jefferson, like Jalen Rager greater than Justin Jefferson. That'd be funny. The Eagles were right. <laughs> that would be hilarious, but I don't know. Um Needs to feel okay coming out of that one. Um, Ryan Wright continues to not have any touchbacks. He's the best punter in the league. That, I think he is. Um, <laughs> is there any doubt? Uh, the, the Jets punters the same way, I guess, apparently. But not as high in numbers. And he didn't punt as much either. Only twice in the game. Isn't that weird? But partially because of the two turnovers. And then the Jets offense started to wake up and at least get into field goal range. Which, again, is kind of scary. If that was Patrick Mahomes, we'd be dead, I think. Um, so, thankfully, it wasn't or anybody like that. But you got to start really thinking about the Patrick Mahomeses of the NFL because if you're going to win a championship, you're going to have to beat 
somebody like that. You're Patrick Mahomes, maybe you'll have to beat Josh Allen again in the if it's Buffalo or blah blah blah. Um, Jalen Hurts, who's really uh, wound up being a fantastic quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, that team, that team is the New York Jets of the uh, AFC, no doubt, with a strong defense and a well, they're better than the Jets, <laughs> but like yeah, they have like a legitimate quarterback that that uh, really ended up working out. Um, they did. They eventually found the replacement for Donovan McNabb, and he sure the heck is. Uh, you could definitely argue he's more athletic, and yeah, he is. He's more athletic in a lot of ways. He's he's, he's potentially a much better player too. Maybe he'll bring the Eagles a Super Bowl again. Um, uh, instead of a backup quarterback doing it last time. With that said, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode, it's really kind of a tough one. Well, I mean, it's not Kirk Cousins, obviously. It, it was heading towards Delvin Cook, but then he got stymied quite a bit. He ended up running the ball a lot more, but was stymied a, a bit. Also, again, a lot of his runs, uh, a lot of his short runs later in the game that hurt his numbers a bit were, you know, the, you know, at the end of the game where the Vikings were trying to get the Jets to burn up their timeouts and we were hoping maybe get a first down, and then then the Jets were done. But, well, we got them to burn up timeouts anyway, Robert Sala. Um, for me, I think the Fran Turkington Award winner for this one is Harrison Smith. I thought he had a wonderful game, generally speaking. Definitely not perfect, and he's part of a defense that gave up a lot of yardage. But I liked what Harrison Smith did. Again, the multiple pass deflections, the interception. Uh, made some big plays today. Again, nobody was perfect. Patrick Peterson, obviously pretty good for the most part. Duke Shelley, nice nice uh, underdog player. Shannon Sullivan made some nice plays. Again, they all gave up a billion yards, which is annoying. But sometimes it's the way the scheme is as well. It's it's not just the players uh, sucking. Sometimes it's the, the scheme is uh, giving... Uh, it's trying to prevent the major, the big play, but it is giving up yardage. Um, but they made the big plays when they needed to as well. Harrison Smith, Fran Targington Award winner for this episode. The uh, <clears throat> Christian Bonner Memorial is not the easiest choice necessarily. It's it's Justin Jefferson. He was targeted 11 times and only had 45 yards. That's just, no, it's not. It's not Justin Jefferson. <laughs> but he did drop some passes that annoyed me. When it's like, again, you're playing, you're, it's like, those are the kind of plays in the, in the NFC Championship game, in the Super Bowl, you got to make that catch. You've got to make that damn catch. I mean, there was a couple instances and one in particular the ball was right in the bread basket um so that didn't help Kirk Cousins quarterback rating his numbers this and that so again you know not that it matters about the stats but still if you're thinking Kirk Cousins just had a sucky game no he didn't necessarily he wasn't that sucky he wasn't great but he wasn't as sucky as some of the you know some of the plays I mean Justin Jefferson numbers would have been higher but we I, I remember we ended up punting after that because that kind of play needs to be made it was on a second down, I believe, and the Vikings ended up getting nowhere in the next uh, the next play and ended up punting the ball. And again, the, just catches that like that need to be made, particularly, uh, obviously, it's a, like a, uh, you, you know, you, you don't want to come back remembering that, oh, he, he let us down in the NFC title game or the Super Bowl, like Adrian Peterson did, did with all those damn fumbles after having phenomenal seasons leading into that Saints game, that infamous New Orleans Saints game where we bumbled and fumbled and blew a golden opportunity to not only get to the Super Bowl, but actually win it that year. Because the Vikings had a billion yards in that game. They, <laughs> outside of the turnovers, they outplayed that They outplayed that Saints team. The Saints were dangerous too, but the Vikings actually, I, I thought, were the better team. And you could tell they were, except for the fumbles, which again, that made the Saints the better team in the end because of the damn fumbles. Um, so, 
I don't know. Uh, the offensive line protection wasn't really that great. The Donut Shell defense can drive you crazy, but again, they made the plays when they needed to. Just kind of in general, giving up all the yardage. And again, the, the protection wasn't all that great. Uh, Brandle getting penalized. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like, a just in general, giving up the lead. I don't really have a single player to, to, to beat up on today. I, I really don't. Um, some people might be pulling their hair out thinking, what are you talking about? Did you watch the game? Yeah, I did watch the game. But that's, that's the whole point. I did. <laughs> I don't really think anybody really stood out that was so terrible in this game. So it's kind of in general just giving up the lead and possibly losing the game. Thankfully, they didn't. With that said, we'll take a quick break and come back and look at the next game coming up. And, of course, look at throughout the uh, NFL on the NFC North. The Packers came back and beat the Bears. Uh-oh. That's a, and we had a tie today. Ooh, one that's actually quite important because both teams are in the playoff picture in the NFC. Ooh. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league, including the division and next week's opponent, which is also in the division, so that sets up nicely. The Detroit Lions, which uh, Minnesota Vikings have had success against for the most part, but some really close, scary games. I guess what else is new? Also, about to flash on the screen is Colts and Cowboys. Colts and Cowboys. I think we have a pretty good idea who's going to win that game, but I guess you never know. You know, Jeff Saturday, he's working miracles there in uh, Indianapolis, right? I don't know. Well, I hope he does, because I don't want the Cowboys to win. You just don't. That's, that's the last thing we need, is them to catch up to us for whatever stupid reason. Let's digress to where we need to be. The Seattle Sea Chickens, all these games just now that took place. We're going back to Thursday, Buffalo and New England, a classic, classic matchup in the AFC East, when New England used to always dominate. Buffalo would have some good teams, but they'd always be in second. They'd always have to be a wild card, because the Patriots were always way ahead. Patriots are wearing those classic red uniforms with the stripe look, kind of like kind of Indianapolis Colts or old Vikings style, even with those stripes on the shoulders. Kind of classic NFL look, you know, the white helmets with the, the probably the best logo in Patriots history, I'd have to say. I think most people would agree with that. The red unis that were a little weird, but they were cool. Um, the team had minimal success except for getting to the Super Bowl in uh, <laughs> back in, I believe that was 87? No, no, that was, that was, uh, that was the Bears. Yep, the Bears uh, 85. Um, they were the sacrificial lambs for the 85 Bears, so that did not go too well, unfortunately, for that Patriots team when they wore those uniforms back in those days. Buffalo gets the victory 24-10. to Pretty dominant win, and Buffalo is now the number one seed in the AFC because the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs lost to the same team that beat them last year in the AFC title game. Congratulations, Cincinnati, moving up a bit in the ranks, a little bit, or just kind of keeping ground, so to speak, because there's tons of competition. Even the Raiders might be knocking on the door. That's insane considering they were 2-7 and seven three weeks ago. That's insane. Josh Allen, very efficient game. 22 of uh, 33. You know, 11 incompletions basically. A couple of TDs did not turn the ball over. Mac Jones efficient, but not as efficient. Just simply not. And he generally isn't. 
Josh Allen only attempted eight rushes, right? No, he, he did fumble the ball in the game 20 yards, but again, New England's defense is generally a lot better than other teams, I guess. Stefan Diggs with 92 yards and a touchdown, seven catches, good for him. Naheem Hines even had a 20-yard scamper, 21-yard uh, scamper in the game again as well with a catch-and-go catch and type of deal. Big fan of his. I, I just damn, I've met, I brought that up a million times. Um... Coming out of North Carolina, just like a certain Minnesota Vikings wide receiver. Uh, running back, excuse me. I'm such a dork. Sorry. <laughs> Naheem Hines, only two kick returns, but a, you know, a little bit of something there. Um, why am I looking at special teams? I don't know. I just am. Xavier Rhodes, a part of the uh, Buffalo Bills, which is kind of cool. Xavier Rhodes, of all people. A couple of tackles in the game. Yeah. Um, only one stack by Buffalo, and that was by A.J. Epen... Epinesa, sorry, Epinesa, sorry. Uh, Josh Ooch, Ooch, who makes people say Ooch when he when they sack quarterbacks in uh, New England with a couple of sacks, and we remember Josh Ooch. We were saying that a bit on Thanksgiving Day with some of the frustrations and such, but generally speaking, the Vikings emerged victorious and another nail-biter there. Uh, Buffalo wins comfortably 24-10 to over the New England Patriots, and I wouldn't be surprised if they win the AFC. In fact, I picked them to win it, if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the year. No, I had Cincinnati winning the entire thing, uh, beating Buffalo, actually, in the AFC title game, if you can believe it. Um, and it's like, I don't know, if it's if I'm a betting man today, I think Buffalo does represent in the Super Bowl. I think a lot of people thought that earlier. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Buffalo and Philly, but maybe it's Minnesota and Buffalo, and two teams that have never won the Super Bowl, uh, that which would be the first matchup since the Titans and the Rams, the 99 Super Bowl that took place in, you know, just past Y2K and all that cute stuff. It was a very good Super Bowl, but unfortunately I was watching it on a TV that was basically black and white and you could barely, barely had any reception, like the antenna. I, I think there was no antenna at all, or was it on the internet? I can't remember what we did. I think it was, but I mean, you could see what was happening, but it was pathetic. I was, <laughs> I was at a friend's house where they had like a really old TV in the basement and all that, and they just, you know, they didn't really care about the Super Bowl, unfortunately. And it's like, well, I, I guess, I guess it is what it is. At least I remembered what happened and how the, you know, the Titans, uh, Titans running back at the time. Uh, I think it was Eddie George. I think so. Was uh, stopped at the goal line. Oh no, it was a tight end, I believe. I can't remember the exact player anymore, and it doesn't matter for this show. Um, but that was the last Super Bowl where it was two teams that had never won a championship. The Rams escape at the goal line, basically. Goal line stand, where hopefully, well, maybe that's how the Vikings win their first Super Bowl, is they make a goal line stand, kind of like the Vikings did today versus the Jets. Um, yeah, they got beat on the goal line by the quarterback, Mike White. Mike White. But uh, later on, were not beat. A uh, ball that probably should have been caught in the end zone was not brought in. So there's a rematch of the 84 Super Bowl flashing on the screen right now, the highlights. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Oh, no. Well, so much for the 49ers going to the Super Bowl, huh? Unless you think Brock Purdy, some rookie named Brock Purdy, is going to bring them to paradise. That's a good pass. It's a good pass. Okay. All right. All right, Brock Purdy. I guess you're the next uh, Tom Brady emerging out of nowhere. Uh, they, they, uh, they did beat Miami. Yeah, Garoppolo with the ankle. Yeah, rematch of the 84 Super Bowl. It looks like we might have a similar result. Because <laughs> I know the Dolphins lost. I mean, obviously, 8-4 and four record. They lost. Ooh, strip sack. Strip sack and a fumble six. Bada bing, bada boom, hee-haw, and all that cute stuff. 33-17. Yeah, that looks like the 84 Super Bowl. 
Jimmy, <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't exactly Joe Montana, Steve Young, whoever. But, I mean, I don't know, Brock Purdy? All right, well, we'll get back to that in a minute. I'm sorry, I, I had to see that. That was kind of interesting. Um, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about San Francisco, Miami instead. Okay, no, Pittsburgh and Atlanta. Somehow the Steelers have five wins this year, probably because of Mike Tomlin. Atlanta, 19-16 to 16 and 19-16. Uh, no, that's 2016 when it mattered. 1916, just a few years ago. Sorry, uh, 2016 would have been the year Atlanta doesn't want to remember, even though that might have been the year of victory for them. It ultimately was not. Um, Pittsburgh beats Atlanta in, what is that, Mercedes-Benz, right? The, uh, law, uh, often lauded as the best stadium in the NFL. Who cares? The Atlanta Falcons, who, who Kenny Pickett was okay. He was solid, a touchdown, and then Mariota, Marcus Mariota, with a touchdown and an, and a, and an interception. Cordell Patterson led the club in rushing for Atlanta with 11 rushes and 60 yards. Five and a half a carry. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? <laughs> Tecmo Bowl, yep. I'll play that soundbite again at some time. That's not real Tecmo Bowl football, but it's Tecmo Bowl, like, yardage in terms of yards per carry. <laughs> Najee Harris, there's your Tecmo Bowl football. Okay, you're going to hear it. <laughs> now. Happy you got to hear that? You happy? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Najee Harris, 17 yards, 5 yards a carry. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, 17 carries, 5 yards a carry, 86 yards. It's not great tech mobile football, but it worked. Bit more of an old-school football game, actually, between these clubs. Uh, no sacks at all in the game, which is kind of interesting, but well ran by both clubs. Literally ran, and uh, yeah, Pittsburgh ends up winning. Interesting. Green Bay, Chicago, that's much, much later because it's a divisional. Detroit, Jacksonville, that's the last one of all. And All right, Detroit and Jacksonville, yeah. Well, we have a tie, ladies and gentlemen. We have a tie, and this is going to mess up a lot of uh, playoff seeding and all that, or it's just going to make it weirder. I don't know. It's not going to mess it up too much, but it'll mess it up for Washington and New York. New York Giants, that is. The Giants. The Giants were Giants in the land, but so were the Washington Commanders. They end up tying in New York, so... I guess it's kind of a win for Washington and a just extreme frustration for the Commandas. Yeah, because the Giants gave up a lead near the end of the game. Taylor Heineke, where the heck is that guy, right? Passed to John, Joe <laughs> Johan, Johan Dotson. Might want to say that correctly. For 28-yard TD, good play. Putting the Washington Commandas in a position to tie the game up. Maybe they should have went for two. I don't know, but maybe not. It's interesting, by the way, that both Tua and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had ankle injuries, but it looks like a serious ankle injury for uh, Jimmy G. That kind of sucks. Uh, as for Tua, doesn't look like it's as bad, but it's interesting. They both left with ankle situations. So, yeah, poor Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, that's the one thing. Sometimes he just can't stay healthy. Yeah, out for the remainder of the season. So, unless that means just regular season. So, that might kill the 49ers' hopes of going to a Super Bowl despite the fact they manhandled the Dolphins team. But, of course, again, um, Tua also got hurt. So, I don't know. It is what it is. Neither team's going to win the Super Bowl anyway, are they? Well, they're not going to now. It's a broken left foot. 
Yeah, I, I yeah. It's an ankle. It looked like an ankle, but I don't want it being a foot. So, but a tie game between the Commanders and the New York Giants, kind of a back and forth battle. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I mean Taylor Heineke and Daniel Jones, two guys that would probably be really good backups in a, in a good situation, but are okay starters, I guess. At the end of the day, Daniel Jones was athletic, but he did lose a fumble in the game, which did not help the Giants' cause. Actually, had had more running yards than Saquon Barkley. That's interesting. And Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson, Robinson with 96 yards on the ground and 21 carries. Not bad. Not bad. Very efficient and consistent, helping the Washington Commanders defeat, well, not defeat, but tie the game up and escape and frustrate the New York Giants, I'm sure. But it probably frustrates Washington as well because they wanted to get the win, get the tiebreaker and everything. You know, they'd be, what, 8-5? Uh, and five? The Giants would be 8-5? and five? So, yeah, and get the get a win in New York. That's a big win for Washington Commanders. So they're stuck out in the hunt, looking up at Seattle, New York, and the 8-3 and three Dallas Cowboys, which are about to start playing and probably are going to beat the Colts just because they're, they're going to beat the Colts. I mean, they just are. <laughs> if they don't, okay. Philadelphia, Tennessee. Uh, here we go again. Well, they're 11-1. and one. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see. Maybe. Who, who knows if, what's going to happen. I don't want to compare them to the 2000 Vikings. Well, I would be very happy if they wound up losing home field advantage and we kicked their ass really bad in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium. That would be really cool. That'd be really cool. But I don't want to talk about guys having ankle sprains and stuff and missing missing games or, or whatever, playing through injury, and you get your ass handed to you. And I don't know. It's not as fun. It's nice to beat somebody head, on head, head on head, but uh, we'll see. Thirty-five to ten, though. Talk about beating somebody head, to, head, to, head on head, whatever. Head to head, which sounds a little better. Gardner Minshew, who they've not needed all season, attempted two passes and just kind of ran the clock out, basically, in a worthless game. Malik Willis kind of was out there in mop-up duty. Tannehill was mediocre, but not that bad. Didn't turn the ball over, but Philadelphia just kind of kicked their butts without really running the ball. It feels like yesterday Philadelphia was this dangerous running team. Now now it's just Jalen Hurts is just torching everybody. He's the next God knows. He's the next Warren Moon. He's the next Steve Young. He's the next Tom Brady. I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's the next Brady, but a different kind of player, obviously. He's the next Mahomes. He's the next Steve Young. He's the next Josh Allen. You know, I, I don't know. But uh, a mobile quarterback that can be very dangerous even though he's not super mobile, he did run the ball in and threw for three touchdowns with 380 yards in the air. Insane. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith eclipsed the century mark. A.J. Brown with 119 and two touchdowns, where Devonta had 102 and one touchdown. But um, I, I, <laughs> until the Vikings do it, damn it, I, <laughs> I'm scared to death of even the thought. I don't even want to think about going to Philadelphia for an AFC title, uh, NFC title game, pardon me. As much as I want to be in the NFC title game, I want to win the damn thing, though. I want to win the NFC title game. Just the thought of going to Philly, Just and there's a Philly cheesesteak on the screen right now. That's funny. Hope the Vikings turn the Philadelphia Eagles into that, but um, I hope so. The last time they totally turned to the, the last time that was us, unfortunately. The last two times that it was, well, well, okay, we beat them a couple times in some mediocre non-playoff seasons. Yay. Um, that was great, but um, <laughs> go, going there in uh, 17, you know, 18, basically, January, and then, of course, uh, week two this year was pretty ugly stuff, so I don't know. I don't know. And the Vikings' playoff history against Philadelphia is pretty much null when it comes to the win column. So, 
Time for that to give. Uh, you know, this could set up to be the ultimate way to end a curse. Just think about it. Could be the ultimate way to end a curse. Imagine beating, like, say, a San Francisco or a Washington, a team that's dominated you historically in the first round, or, or in, in the playoffs, a team that's dominated you historically in the playoffs. And then maybe you knock out the other one of the two or something. Or you face Tom Brady somehow. Maybe they escape and win to go to the second round. You end up facing Tom bleeping Brady, who's never lost to you ever. And you and you end that curse or that that undefeated streak. And then you go to Philadelphia, who's never you know who 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 you've never beaten in the playoffs and has been a big fat bully to you ever since in the playoffs. You beat them, and then the ultimate. You defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, the team that started the whole heartbreak way back in 1969 or 1970, basically, but the 1969 season. Um, that'd be the ultimate way to end a curse, to end a drought, to end a, to end all that sadness and pain and frustration. Um, just think about it. I mean, it would set up like the most unbelievable way to. If, if you're going to end it, you are going to end it. <laughs> you are going to end it if you're going to end it. That's the ultimate way to do it by beating all these quote-unquote big bullies along the way that have given you hell forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So, I don't know. Interesting thought, I guess. More interesting than Baltimore and Denver. 10 to 9. Baltimore and Denver, 10 to 9. And unfortunately, old what's-his-name got injured as well. Uh, guy I actually like quite a bit. Uh, so, like another freaking injury. Lamar Jackson only attempted four passes was replaced by Tyler Huntley, if I remember, a former Green Bay Packer, right? During the year when, uh, I believe that was when uh, you-know-who broke a, uh, had a broken shoulder because of the other you-know-who, <laughs> Anthony Barr. Russell Wilson, just exquisite, attempted 22 passes on 180, 189 yards and no touchdowns or interceptions, just exquisite game. Great. Yep, worth every penny. Every penny you could ever imagine. Um, you know, nobody's worth that money, by the way. I don't care how much money their team makes. <laughs> I don't care. They're not worth that money. None of them are. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. And I'm a huge sports fan. I don't care. Like, everything's too damn expensive. Everyone's too... Everyone is too damn... It's just not worth it at all. <laughs> and no, McDonald's workers shouldn't be making 20 bucks an hour either. I'm sorry. Or 15 Let's bring it all down. Back to let's bring it all down, and everything costs way the heck less. Wouldn't that be nice? That's called economics. You know, that'd be a little bit better. You know, where hot dogs at, at sports games were a dollar or something instead of like ten bucks. <laughs> you know, yep. That's about how interesting this game was, by the way. Ten to nine, Ugh, and Baltimore escapes three three three. Just like the first three numbers of my dad's old hair salon years ago. three When we didn't use area codes way back in the day, you know, the 80s and early 90s. 333. <laughs> That's Denver in the first three quarters. A field goal each. And Baltimore ends up escaping with the victory. Tyler Huntley rushed up the middle, which is 31 seconds remaining, and won the game for the Baltimore Ravens. They escape an ultimate embarrassment losing at home, even though it was a depressing like injury situation with uh, Lamar Jackson. Oof, you do not want to lose to Denver when they don't even score a touchdown. Oh, man. So Baltimore escapes the jaws of defeat there and remains in first place in a division where Cincinnati could easily take over, have home, some uh, home field advantage at least in the first round, and depending on who wins in the second round, maybe home field advantage in the AFC title game if uh, things go a certain way. I don't know. <laughs> maybe if they play the Chiefs, they'll host them. But we'll see. Who knows what's going to happen. The... What's his name? Oh, what's his name? Is it Deshaun? 
Is it old Deshaun? That's who it is. Deshaun Watson Bowl. The Watson Bowl. The Watson Bowl. Houston Texans hosting the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, for the first time. Isn't that cute? Isn't that just like the NFL? Oh, you know, when he, when he comes back, he's going to play against Houston. That's wonderful. 27-14. Cleveland beats the worthless Houston Rockets. No, the Houston... <laughs> yeah, the Rockets are worthless, too. The Houston Texans won 10-1 on the season. That's your other tie earlier in the year. Oh, I wouldn't want to be the team that tied the Houston Texans. I'm sorry. I believe that was the Colts, right? Ugh. Yuck. That's that's the real reason Frank Reich was fired. They're like, how could you possibly not beat the Houston Texans? Like, what's wrong with you? Cleveland 5-7 and seven and pretending to be a, a, compend, uh, a contender in the AFC. We'll see. I know Vince Germano is not a huge fan of what's happening right now. Uh, Vince Germano, who often retweets the show on, on Twitter. Thank you so much. At Purple Mafia Show, but at Vinrock44, more importantly. Um, it's more important he gets a match, and you've heard enough of at Purple Mafia Show already. So, <laughs> Vinrock, Vince Germano, Victoria, Australia, that's the Providence, and of course, Melbourne, Australia, a very familiar city, which is where Vince hails from, and he's a wonderful supporter of Trimble's Explosion and this show, and has uh, even listened to Brave the Wild a few times. Why am I shouting out to all my shows? I'm not even meaning to do that. That's kind of tacky. I'm sorry. Um, Deshaun Watson, though, he stunk. 53.4 quarterback rating. Kyle Allen had a better quarterback rating than Deshaun Watson, <laughs> despite the fact he threw multiple interceptions. Are you ready? 53.5, baby. 53.5. He beat him by .5 in the quarterback rating. Urban legend of the urban legend of the week right there. <laughs> he lost. Kyle or Deshaun Watson lost to Kyle Allen. Or Kyle Watson. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, Deshaun Allen. Deshaun Watson lost in the quarterback rating battle. And Cleveland won comfortably because they just did. And Houston's awful. And that's just all there is to say about it, really. Houston didn't do anything man, in this game. But Watson, rusty and awful and whatever. He's, he's probably, you know, his career's probably over in a lot of ways. Yet he's still going to make a billion dollars. Stop paying these guys, damn it. Stop. Stop. Tell their agents to go bleep themselves. Oh, I'm not, I'm not walking, out. I'm not accepting anything under 200 million. Yeah, go, you know what I'd tell them? You know what I'd tell them? Go to hell and drop dead. That's what I'd tell them, especially if it's a guy, oh, he hasn't played in two years. He's probably not even good. You know, I mean, maybe he will be. Ugh, speaking of people that aren't even good, Carrie freaking Underwood. Ugh, good looking? Sure. That's it, though. Just an empty suit. That's all she is to me. Uh, maybe you guys just love her to death. I bet you just love her, don't you? Yeah, probably not. <sighs> Still, but yeah, tell some of these players to go to hell and drop dead. If they haven't been good for a while, or they've been out, or they're suspended for two years, why are you forking over $200 million to them? Yeah, What are you doing? Cleveland, what are you doing? Denver, what are you doing? And then Aaron Rodgers, he's 38 years old. He's a wonderful career. But, I mean, oh boy. Mm. What are we doing? What, what are we doing? What's next? The Vikings are going to give Kirk Cousins a 10-year contract for $50 million a year? Is that the next plan? Maybe. Anyhow, the uh, AFC Championship game of last season, and it was pretty epic and close, and thankfully the same team won. Thank you very much. Bleep you, Kansas City. Go ahead and keep shaking your head on the bench, Travis Kelsey. I don't give a dang. I, I really don't. I, can't, I don't like him. I thought I did. I, I don't like him. He's too much. He celebrates more than, than, than he breathes. It's like, okay, dude, we get it. We're, we get it, okay? Didn't get in the end zone, and he lost a fumble. Ha-ha, na-na-na-boo-boo. 
Marquez Valdez scanting former Green Bay Packer with a couple of nice plays, but it wasn't enough. Got a big 42-yard play and another long one as well. That was about 30, no, 29 yards. Um, Isaiah Paccio, talk about over-celebrating every time he does anything. Holy moly. So there's a reason I don't like the Chiefs. They're just like the Golden State Warriors now. Every time they breathe, like, oh, my God, greatest play of all time. I'm the coolest guy ever. You know, like every time Steph Curry hits a three-pointer, he's got to do a dance and everything. It's like, dude, you've been doing that for like 10 years. Grow up. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, there's my rants. I bet you I'm losing every listener I've ever had, but <laughs> maybe some of you love it. I'll take Jamar Chase over any of those guys. I mean, I love, love what he does for Cincinnati, and I know the whole damn league over-celebrates. I get it. Joe Burrow with kind of that, you know, bring it look at the end of the game. You know, I, I forget what you call, what you describe that, but I think you, if you watched it or you saw the ending, um, probably just his way of saying, yeah, you know, you guys, you guys have to like make a big scene every time you do anything. Well, who won the game? You know, and Cincinnati did. Uh, Perini, yeah, very efficient, very efficient. Now this is the ultimate Tecmo Bowl game right here. His long was ten. And he ran for 106 yards, right? At five yards a carry. Love it. Kansas City couldn't stop him for the most part. I mean, they stopped him enough that the Cincinnati Bengals didn't blow them out, that's for sure. Neither quarterback threw an interception, but uh, Patrick Mahomes stopped a bit, kept only 223 yards. So, good. They forced him to throw the ball away a bit and got the job done once again. Now, do it in the playoffs again, Cincinnati. You can do it. Yes, as long as it's not against us. Go ahead and beat anybody you want, even Buffalo. I, I'd cheer for Cincinnati over Buffalo, I think. Some, something about Cincinnati. Like, Buffalo had their chances. They went to the Super Bowl four years in a row, this and that. And Stefan Diggs, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's just leave it at that, Stefan Diggs. But, hey, if it's not if it's not Cincinnati and it is Buffalo, go Buffalo too, as long as it's not against us. <laughs> so we'll leave that as is. All I'm doing is giving opinions. I'm not even giving a... <laughs> I apologize, guys. Um, but it's just a nice game for Cincinnati. Really love what they're doing out there. Um, obviously, it's a strong defense. They're still just... Joe Burrow's still running for his life most of the time, which is kind of sad and scary, considering he had an ACL as a rookie. But, I mean, he's an overcomer, and I do believe Joe Burrow could be, you know, the next version of Tom Brady, I think, in this league. I think there's a definite possibility of it. And an impressive mobility for a guy as well. That um, He has a toughness and a, a swagger to him that I appreciate more than some of the other guys that just they, they make too much of a scene. Um, Burrow, he's kind of got more of a, I don't know, is it a Who do you compare him to? Kind of like Anthony Edwards, maybe, of the Timberwolves? Justin Jefferson's a little too cocky for me, too. I know, I know you guys are going to hate me for that. But, um, yeah. He is a little bit, but <laughs> but I still appreciate him like you wouldn't believe. Um, I didn't like the drop pass today. That pissed me off, like right in the breadbasket again. I just I can't get over that kind of stuff because I don't want to see that happen in a big game when you need it the most, like Wes Welker for the New England Patriots years ago. And <laughs> Mr. Uh, Bill Belichick reminded him of that later on. The guy just could never make the play when you needed it in the biggest moment. Justin Jefferson, I think he will. He's got to be better than Wes Welker. I got to think so. Just, you know, I mean, that was a gimme. And the son of a biscuit dropped the ball, and it was so disappointing. And they couldn't beat the Giants. Or, yeah, it just bounced off his hands, that guy. Welker, Welker, pardon me. Burrow, though, I think there's, yeah, I mean, there's there's something very special there. Keep it up, Joe. And maybe uh, since he, let's, uh, again, 
Try to get the next Christian Derrissaw if you can. I know it's not easy to do, but if we can do it, you can do it because we struggled with offensive line in this team, this franchise, forever and ever and ever. It wasn't the best today, but the Jets' defense is insanely good. So what do you expect? And you have the best cornerback, you know, that you know, statistically one of the best quarterbacks, cornerbacks ever, pretty much. Uh, he's really a son of a gun. Um, why did it jump ahead to Kansas City, Cincinnati? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that one I probably should have talked about later, but Seattle and the Rams, eh. Seattle's back in the hunt, though. Second place in the NFC West. Good for them. San Francisco still won, but what's going to happen now? I don't know. We'll talk about him shortly. Purdy, uh, 27-23. to Seattle overcomes a Rams team that will not win the NFC this year. No chance. They're dead last. They're 3-9. and They're the ultimate example of a, you know, rich Los Angeles team with all the, you know, after winning a championship, that's like, okay, yeah, forget about it. Kind of like when the Lakers won the NBA title, and then pretty much ever since then, they've been, like, pretty bad for the most part. Um, injured and bad and meh, and just no energy at all. Um, congratulations, I guess. Uh, Wolford, yeah, I guess he started that playoff game a couple years ago when Jared Goff was still there and had a concussion on, like, the fourth play. Ah, oh, poor guy. That sucks. But, um, yeah, and they got their butts kicked. Well, they got beat anyway. Wolford wasn't good. I wouldn't want him starting for my team either. Geno Smith, awesome for the most part, except for the turnover. Uh, three touchdowns, 367 yards. So, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Metcalf, both in the 120s in receiving yards. Just dominant performance. But um, somehow, some way, the Rams were able to score 23 points against this club. But uh, getting in field goal range at times and Cam Akers running the ball into the end zone. Otherwise, Matt Gay making a ton and tons and tons of kicks. It was Akers and Matt Gay basically getting the job done. When they'd get in field goal range or Akers punching it in because the quarterback play wasn't all that great. Um, overall, not a, not a pretty day for the Rams uh, at all. But uh, Cam Akers, again, getting in the end zone twice. And congrats and enjoy your ring. That's probably the last one you're going to have for a while. <laughs> Unless you wind up on the Vikings or something, right? <laughs> the next dynasty in the NFL, I hope. San Francisco 49ers, the 1984 Super Bowl reincarnated here, kind of. <laughs> kind of, not really. I'm glad Joe Montana didn't break his foot, and I'm glad uh, Marino didn't have an ankle injury either. 33-17, to Dolphins got their butts kicked by a 49ers team that said, well, you know what? Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, but we got Brock Purdy. Well, maybe they did get Brock Purdy. He is just a rookie to a couple of INTs. He struggled in the game, and you got to see Skylar Thompson come in and throw an interception on the one pass he attempted. That's wonderful. Tyreek Hill with 146 yards and that touchdown as well. Great, great numbers, and but uh, again, a very, very, very losing effort for the uh, Miami Dolphins. And they uh, have their first loss in quite a while since uh, since losing to the Vikings of all teams. Brock Purdy was a 7th round pick. 41st player taken in the 7th round. Yeah. <laughs> From Iowa State. Iowa State Cyclones. Interesting. When you hear about Iowa and college football, you do not hear about the Iowa State Cyclones. You hear about the Iowa Hawkeyes, right? I think you'd hear that from uh, Mark Carlson. And, um, of course, uh, did I say him? Yeah, Mark Carlson and, of course, Dave Hickey, um, Leland Albertson, and, and many others in Iowa. You guys are the kings of, uh, you guys are the kings of Purple Mafia in terms of listenership. But 
Well, you guys could maybe uh, fill me in some more on Brock Purdy. Is there anything there, or is this just kind of a, a nice little start, cute little game for him? It wasn't his first game, but, yeah, I mean, it's mostly just kind of random little coming in for a couple of times. He'd attempted tw- uh, nine passes in three games with a, you know, terrible completion percentage and an INT. We'll see. He kind of looks like a couple of people that I knew in the past. Uh, he looks kind of like a guy I used to know named Jason way back at the... Way back in my last days in high school, he was kind of like a helper out kind of guy. So he's maybe 10 years older than me. And then a technician at my job that's about my age. Yeah, he looks just like him. It's funny. Look, God, name Mike. So kind of funny. Um, we'll see. But uh, 49ers season might be over, depending on how things go here. I suppose you have... Well, no, you don't. You do not have Trey Lance. So, yep, that's the other thing. So that's another quarterback is out for the year. That might be it. Unless Brock Purdy is the next Joe Montana here, emerges out of nowhere basically and becomes a great player, or like Tom Brady, a super late pick. He'd be the ultimate version of a Tom Brady. <laughs> seventh round pick, 40, 41st pick in the seventh round. But literally Mr. Irrelevant. That's incredible. He had a good game, too, to be fair. Kansas City, Cincinnati, and then we get to wrap up with a math fest with the, the Raiders winning their third straight game. This team was two and seven three weeks ago. Now they're five and seven. I mean, they're still probably not going to make the playoffs, but I guess you never know. They're playing a little better now. Um, Carr and Adams are kind of waking up, and the Chargers are six and six. They're massively underachieving. Justin Herbert tried to make some sideline plays late in the game, and he wasn't throwing it really to the sidelines. It was in the flat. I mean, that's not enough room. Or that's too much room. That's that's the whole point. That's too much room for the defense to like come and knock you out of bounds. So I don't know some of those decisions, some of the play calling, but maybe that's all they could could get. Of course, the Raiders wanted to keep them in bounds, and they did. Oakland Raiders get the. I just called them Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders get the job done, and Josh Jacobs, Mister the King and the Emperor of Techmobile Football, other than the uh, <laughs> other than the uh, the other the Pittsburgh running back. Najee Harris, um, I'd say Josh Jacobs the past two weeks is the ultimate emperor of Tech Bowl football. 144 yards, five and a half a carry, but he did fumble the ball, and Derek Carr also had an INT in the game. Devontae Adams, though, the connection with Derek Carr, both of the TDs went to Devontae Adams. 177 yards, he's starting to say, hey, Justin Jefferson had a pretty mediocre game going against an elite uh, pass defense of the New York Jets. So maybe like, yeah, who's the best receiver in the league now, huh? Let's not forget about Devontae Adams, baby. Well, he had a really good game, and Justin Jefferson did not, to to put it lightly. Uh, he did not. Uh, Devontae Adams won handily today, but we'll see in the long term. <laughs> Especially the success of the uh, two different teams right now, the success rate, despite the uh, Raiders winning three in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, it took you like the whole season to get there, so I don't know. Um... Dallas and Indy were about a minute and a half in. It's 0-0, zero to zero, and Dak Prescott's marching off the field and a three and out for the uh, Dallas Cowboys wearing red, white, and blue stripes on their helmets. Interesting. Red, white, and blue, huh? Am I missing something? They, they didn't have that before, right? Or unless that's another Mandela effect. It was always there, Joey. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Joey? It was always there. <laughs> Mandela effect, right? Anyhow, I'm a weird guy. Let's talk about Detroit and, and all that and Green Bay. I'm dragging this too far. I think I had too much coffee, and I'm really sorry for being an idiot here. 
Green Bay, Chicago, the oldest rivalry in the NFL. It dates back into the 1920s and 19-teens and all that. It does. Uh, Chicago drops to 3-10. and 10. Congratulations to... Uh, yeah, to the uh, to the general manager there that didn't come to Minnesota. Green Bay gets their fifth win of the year, and Aaron Rodgers got a nice smile on his face and all that, and the Packers emerged victorious. Fourth quarter rally. The Bears were winning like for the longest time, actually, in this game, which is kind of funny. It's kind of funny, man. <laughs> the Bears were up 19-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. Green Bay with three scores in the fourth and emerged victorious getting the field goal, no, getting a touchdown by A.J. Dillon, then the field goal by Mason Crosby from only 32 yards out. Red zone Bears defense got the job done, a lot like the Vikings, yeah. Kept him out of the end zone, but then they didn't keep him out of the end zone. Christian Watson running 446 yards, and then they also complete uh, complete a two-point conversion to put the game out of reach for the bits so they can't... Uh... Yeah, that's an interesting strategy. You're up by seven, so maybe it's like you figure, okay, we're up by seven, so at least this will literally kill the Bears' chances of being able to win with a two-point conversion. Like, it's the game's basically over if we convert it. And if we don't, okay, it's a seven-point lead. So the worst thing that could happen, the Bears could tie it. What have we got to lose? We're five and we're four and eight, whatever. What have we have to lose? So interesting strategy. It worked. Rogers to Mercedes Lewis. Not Mercedes-Benz, but Mercedes Lewis, sorry. 18-0 Green Bay in the fourth quarter. Congratulations, Green Bay Packers with the win. Yep. Last week I was saying, go Pack, go. I wish it happened. I, I wish this happened last week. Like, the Bears and the Packers, it's kind of like, eh. <laughs> it's kind of like, eh, you know, at this point. If they could have done this to Philadelphia, I'd be dancing on the clouds. Um, hopefully, somehow, someway, Philadelphia loses like three games or something <laughs> coming up soon. I hope so. Uh, Justin Fields back playing, but you know, very efficient except for the two interceptions. To think, outside of the two interceptions, he only had three incomplete passes in the game. That's why his quarterback rating is 75.7, considering how awful two interceptions is compared to zero touchdowns. But that's how efficient Justin Fields was. Justin Fields, pardon me, and he also had a 55-yard scamper into the end zone. Amazing player. I mean, I I think there's something there. Amazing athlete that has potential to be a really good quarterback, too, I think. Don't give up, Bears fans. Justin Fields, there's something there. I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. Don't give up on Justin Fields. And I know a lot of people are probably saying that. He's got a little Lamar Jackson, a little God knows. You know, I mean, there's something. Might end up being actually better in terms of, I don't know, maybe I should just shut my mouth. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, very efficient against a Green Bay defense that isn't as good as it was the last two years. Knows the Darius to bring him down. Um, but uh, Justin Fields, looks like there's something there. Um, it's kind of hard to compare players. I mean, he, you know, Josh Allen. Cause, and you don't want to go with the whole, you know, uh, the, <laughs> Adam Thielen reminds you of Wes Welker. And, and uh, this, you know what I mean. I think, I think you know what I mean. You, you never want to get into comparisons like that. You want to actually compare players. <laughs> Even though, yeah, I mean, Fields has a little Lamar Jackson in him. Yes. Yes. You know, athleticism, very. But he's he's almost more like Vic in terms of, like, his insane, like, speed. Like, Vic was insane, like, with the speed, where he would just blow by you. That's what I see with Justin Fields. He might have a little bit of that, actually, Michael Vick speed. I mean, and Josh Allen has a bit of that as well, to be quite honest. So it's fun to compare those kind of guys. Detroit and Jacksonville. Detroit is Mike Vikings' opponent next week. I probably won't dig as deep into history this time because I 
we talk about them twice a year, you know, and they're in our division and all that stuff. Detroit is five and seven, just like the Raiders. Detroit is five and seven, second place in the NFC North. They beat the living you know what out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, the Jaguars are not a good team, but they're a little bit better than the last couple of years, right? Four and eight on the year. But forty to forty to fourteen, mm. You don't think this is going to be a trap game going into Detroit next week? You don't think so? <laughs> I think it is very dangerous. Jared Goff, 41 attempts, 31 completions, 340 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs. DeAndre Smith, pretty solid on the ground as well, along with Jamal Williams. Not great, but they, they you know, but the Vikings run defense can scare you sometimes. Um, Trevor Lawrence did not throw an interception, but he wasn't super efficient, just okay. And Bethard, C.J. Bethard, the former San Francisco 49er, who might have came in handy today, maybe. But uh, we'll see. Maybe they don't have to worry about it. If C.J. Pur- uh, if Brock Purdy has, has it going. Etienne Jr., he just fumbled the ball, and he was average for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Christian Kirk, 104 yards. That's nice. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown with 11 catches and 114 yards, receiving with two touchdowns, both from Jared Goff, of course. DeAndre Smith, also uh, a threat who can catch on those screen plays and such and bubble screens and all that, 49 yards. Nice, impressive, you know, with catches and kind of scampering around and such. Detroit gave us hell last time, and they, they're going to give us hell again. There's no doubt. There's no doubt this Detroit team is a bit dangerous. Uh, James Houston with a sack. Aiden Hutchinson with a, half of a sack with Benito. Benito Jones. I'm, I'm Aiden Hutchinson is pain in the butt at times. Uh, Detroit, again, I'm not going to underestimate Detroit. I'm not at all. I have no desire, no need to underestimate the Detroit Lions. Before today's game, they're actually 12th in passing yards, 10th in rushing yards, and 8th in total yards per game. It's actually a pretty good offense, um, especially the last few weeks. They've been really good, to be fair. Last few weeks in general. They did lose last week, but the week before, you know, the, the week, couple of weeks before, they'd been winning. Minnesota's success rate against Detroit since 2017 has been pretty damn good. Um, what are we looking at? Nine wins and one loss. Yeah, that's insanely good. Obviously, the the Matt Patricia era, the Vikings were undefeated throughout that, and we did beat Jim Caldwell in his last, uh, you know, his last year with the Lions. Um, yep, because Matt Patricia, who did such a great job shutting down the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, amazing job shutting that Eagles team down. Just, I've never seen anything better. I, I mean, they might have had about, a, a they might have had 700 yards in that game. It was definitely the most yardage combined between the two teams in Super Bowl history. It was, it was like immorally, <laughs> immoral defense. <laughs> Too many yards. Um, <laughs> but the Vikings, again, 9-1 in the last 10 against this team. Again, thanks to Matt Patricia in a lot of ways, the Vikings, again, were, what were they? They were 8-0, right, versus Matt Patricia. So, I believe, right? Yeah, I'm all screwed up in the head here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, the Vikings were 6-0. Yeah, Matt Patricia was only there for three years, right? 18, 19, 20, 21. No, I'm an idiot. Yeah, 21. It, it was just three years. 21 was Dan Campbell already. Sorry. Um <laughs> Dan Campbell was already there. And then we played the Detroit Lions three times in 21 because the season finale, the Vikings won in Detroit by like a millimeter in 2020. A terrible Vikings team in 2020. Terrible team. Beat the uh, Detroit Lions 37-35. Two, two not good teams at all. 
And then uh, last year, the Vikings beat the Lions 19-7, uh, to like a miracle win, last play of the game, basically. Uh, Kirk Cousins punches Zimmer in the stomach on celebration. Zimmer wants to strangle him. Very close friends there, just very close. Great relationship. And the Detroit drives and wins the game on the last play of the game as well. Uh, a walk-off victory for the Detroit Lions. Pretty crazy, pretty funny. Jerichoff with a completion and the win, and the Detroit fans win. And It was kind of like when... Uh, Mike Tice got his first ever win as a head coach against the Detroit Lions in the Dome. Like a last play of the game type of situation. Um, and then again, uh, Dan Campbell's first win as an NFL head coach was against the Vikings. About, gosh, that was 19 years later, right? 2002 to 2021. Yeah, 19 years later. Crazy. Was Detroit that bad? They were, they were that bad, huh? Yep, one ten and one. The Detroit Lions did have a tie earlier in the season, which is funny. <laughs> one ten and one. Yeah, Detroit really was that bad. It was at the beginning of December, literally a calendar year ago. Tomorrow, Detroit had that cute little win versus the Vikings, wrapping us to five and seven, just like Detroit is five and seven now. So they're just like last year's Vikings. Impressive. Now that I've babbled enough, Minnesota eighty forty and two historically versus the Detroit Lions. I was kind of dig. Am I curious? Yeah, I think the ties happened like way, 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 way back. Yeah, 1964. Yeah, Detroit way back in the early 60s was still super good. That's why they beat the crap out of the expansion Vikings. Uh, the other tie was 1967 as the Vikings were getting a little bit better. 10 to 10. The Purple People Eaters were just kind of getting going around that time in a lot of ways. Nah, though Tarkenton was already becoming an established player before he got traded to the New York Giants for a while there, of all teams. Vikings can win this game, no doubt. They should win this game, no doubt. Will they win it? I want to say yes. I mean, why not? But, I don't know. It's been a tough go. Uh, (laughs) Since Dan Campbell got there, things have been a hell of a lot more competitive. Make fun of Dan Campbell all you want. Some of his in-game decisions are weird and, and out there, and why did he do this, and why didn't he do that, and why did he not call a timeout, and why are they running in that situation, and why are they throwing in bounds? That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But the team plays for Dan Campbell. Matt Patricia, it was like a match made in hell, kind of like, uh, what was that other clown that was there, Marty Morningweg, who oh, rode off on a motorcycle, like, bleep you guys, you guys aren't going to... You guys aren't, aren't, aren't going to practice hard? Well, bleep you. Like, ooh, that'll impress them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, you know, and Matt Patricia, kind of similar, like, stupid attitude in the press conferences and such. Like, hey, would you please do this? Would you please do that? Or something. I, I don't like people getting on cell phones either. I'd get ticked off about that as well. Like people walking down stairs. They're walking down the steps in a business place with a lot of people on their with with their head on their phone. I just want to kick them in the back. I want to kick them. Are you nuts? You know, but uh, <laughs> but um, at the same time, you know, Matt Patricia's behavior a bit childish at times, and uh, players saw that right away. Uh, that didn't go well. Marty Morningweg pretending to be some tough guy in a motorcycle. It's like, oh please, that's cute, man. <laughs> We're happy for you. Uh, even Zimmer, bad start to his uh, run here. They kind of played for him and then stopped playing for him, basically, in, two, in 2010. That's kind of how things went. Um, so, Dan Campbell, bottom line, that team plays for him. They do. They do play for him. And 
he's he's kind of learning on the fly, kind of like Mike Tice was with the Vikings. That team played for Mike Tice. The Vikings played for Mike Tice. The 20 or 2005 Vikings played very hard actually for that uh, for Mike Tice, and unfortunately, the Pittsburgh game kind of changed everything. Pittsburgh went on. We had the same record. It was a back and forth battle of the of the battle of the Titans, basically. Pittsburgh went on to win the Super Bowl. We didn't even make the playoffs. And then next thing I know, Tice was not renewed. He wasn't officially fired, but that's the same thing as being fired, as not being renewed. Now that I've babbled enough about history again, because I always find a way to do it. I mean, picking against the Vikings is kind of crazy, but at the same time, uh, you know, it, this is a dangerous situation. I, I got to think this is going to be one of those tough games of the year. Interestingly, Detroit is 32nd in points given up this season, so it's going to be an epic high-scoring battle. It's a very, very offensive-minded team. 8th in points, 32nd in points against, 28.2, and that was before today's game, so it would actually be a slightly better. Yards against 414, again, going into today's game. Passing yards against 29th, rushing yards against 30th. So if you want to see Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, whoever, uh, K.J. Osborne go off for 100 yards in this game. This is the kind of game to do it. Uh, they are ninth in the league in interceptions with nine. They don't get a whole lot of a pass rush. 26th in the league with only 20 sacks. So it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how this goes. Uh, total yards, they're eighth. Yeah, I read that earlier. Uh, they're actually slightly better at rushing than passing. And Jared Goff is, you know, he protects the ball reasonably well. Yeah, he's well. He's a veteran now. He's he's actually having a very solid season. Seventeen touchdowns, seven interceptions going into today's game. Now it's nineteen and seven. So and the yard is probably about yeah. The yard is about three thousand already in twelve games. So efficient, solid. He does fumbles sometimes. He has three fumbles lost this season. Does Jared Goff? I think the Vikings can and should win the game, no doubt. But it's going to be epic. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to be scary. We're talking something along the likes of 38-35. We're talking like 70 points in the game. I think the Vikings defeat the Detroit Lions 38-35. Scary as hell game. But just guys like Justin Jefferson, 160-ish with a, with a touch, with at least one touchdown. Delvin Cook could be around the 90-yard range to 100-ish. I don't think he's going to explode, but maybe it will be him. Um, I just got a feeling it's going to be kind of an offensive fest. But Detroit is going to give us fits especially against the Donichel defense. Um, bend, but don't break. You know, but the le- and hopefully a legitimate bend that don't break. Not like Matt Patricia, where it got bent. And, it got bent all the way over to the other side, where it not only broke, it was it was turned into a pretzel against the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. Hope that's not the Vikings coming up in the next month or two. Getting to the Super Bowl and then getting turned into a pretzel, basically, when you talk about bending and breaking and stuff. So... Um, again, 38-35, expect an offensive fest. So it'll probably be a final score of like, it'll probably be a final score of 14-7, to, to seven, right? But in favor of Detroit. No, I'm kidding. That would be really bad. God, that'd be bad, especially for the Vikings offense. But 14-10 to, 14 to, to 10 Vikings win. But no, I, I think it's going to be super high scoring. Entertaining, but irritating at the same time. But the Vikings emerge victorious and go to 11-2. and two. What do you think of that? With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction now.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia segment number three, fan interaction segment. Time to look around. Uh, there were no call-ins that I know about, and I remember, uh, was it about a week or two ago, Dave Hickey mentioned that he had sent in at least one or two, and I never got those, and I'm really sorry. I, I really am. I swear I would never, like, say, oh, I, I'm, you know, I looked and looked and looked and looked. Um, I'm not sure what could have happened because I know he had the correct email and everything, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and it's in the show description and all that. Again, I deeply apologize for that. I'm not sure what happened. I kept looking and looking, but uh, if you want to send a call in again, Dave Hickey, please please do if you like. And, of course, Matt Martin, Tanae Brown, Mark Carlson, in, anybody, you know, Mike Dale, anybody, you know, um, McCarthy, all of you guys. Yeah, don't be afraid to call in anytime. And, of course, Facebook and Twitter, always more than welcome there as well if you prefer that, which is totally fine. Of course, at Purple Mafia Show is the most, uh, or is is the Twitter account. Um, unbelievably, I believe I did not ever do the DraftKings uh, ad. I didn't do the DraftKings ad at the beginning of the, <laughs> the first segment, so I better get to that, like, ASAP if I can find it. Okay, good. I got the right one this time. I apologize. I am so sorry. So, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on NFL on the NFL this holiday season, or I'd like to say Christmas season, of course. Um, and, of course, all, all these great back-and-forth games, picking Cincinnati, you know, that was fun, getting Cincinnati to uh, getting a Cincinnati. That's a nice way to get, like, a, an underdog win and cover the spread and all that, so... That's an example right there. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So it's like, you know, how you just add, doot, 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 you know, like in, all, like in any type of poker or any type of, uh, like, a wheel or anything. So it's the same thing with DraftKings uh, with uh, placing bets and such. So very, very cool. And, of course, games like Cincinnati is a fun one right there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use Promo code TPPN, like the, the the Pigskin Podcast Network, TPPN, plays a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And you will see the disclaimer in the, at the bottom of the show description and all that. So, under the uh, Purple Mafia fan interaction segment, again, I apologize to uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network for not putting that in earlier, but at, at least it gets in. As long as it's at the beginning of one of these two segments, I guess it's fine. If I completely forget, oh boy. Yeah, not cool. Um, Sebastian. Yep, nope, Sebastian was just liking something. Hope I hear from Sebastian more often. He's got to call in again, or even, yeah, I get <laughs> Yeah, I would love to hear from him again. The Pigskin Podcast Network, uh, Tanae Brown. Uh, the Pigskin Podcast Network is out of like the Vancouver area. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. And Malcolm McSween out of California. We are worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. We really are. 
uh, retweeted the most recent episode. I know Vince Germano has many times in the past, maybe just busy or didn't see it or something. So Vince Germano, Cleveland Browns fan, he's probably a little annoyed at that team, even though they won big today against an awful Houston team. Um, yeah, I was bashing on the I was annoyed at the refs yesterday with the Wolves game. Usually I don't get after the refs, but I did in that one. And most of you can attest of uh, the 14 plus years that I've been doing this show. Have I been one of those one of those like homers who's constantly bitching about the refs? Absolutely not. So and yesterday I think yeah, yesterday I was bitching about the refs for a reason. When it came to the Timberwolves, there's a reason if I get upset at the refs. That was nuts. Um Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. Again, we're worldwide, see? And uh, the United Kingdom is number two out of all the countries that keep up with Purple Mafia. Number two. And with a bullet, they're way up there. So really appreciate you out of the United Kingdom. So you guys are so deeply appreciated. I mean, I'm going to actually pull that up now. Yeah, look at that. Oh, this is like everybody. Yeah, even for everybody, United Kingdom is, is up there. But uh, it's mostly Purple Mafia. Now this is going to load slow. Nope, it loaded very quick. Yeah, United Kingdom, very strong presence. Australia's third. Thank you so much out of Australia. It's not showing New Zealand. They're probably further down. Yep, not as much, huh? But appreciate that because I know Tanae does listen. And sometimes I wonder if this counts things. I'm still very skeptical on how well things get counted on, on Anchor or on a Megaphone. This is, of course, Megaphone. Anchor is like freedom of thought. Uh, video game flashback. I just... Uh, put out a pilot episode as video game flashback came out of hiatus for 14 and a half years basically the last episode was june 7th 2008 that's right almost 15 years ago june 7th 2008 was the last episode but that was actually recorded on youtube in april 2008 way back in the day and some of those other episodes were 2007 it's crazy but uh, episode four, where it's an actual podcast instead of videos, is out. So check that out if you want. Video game flashback. Four separate words on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. It's already there. It's on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and I think those are the main ones at the moment. There's a few. There's obviously others, probably like Overcast and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I <laughs> I think it's overcast. It's not on Amazon Music yet. Yet It might be, actually. Um, Stitcher, it's on there. Yep, so it's on those for sure. Sorry, I'm really venturing off into somewhere else here. But, hey, it's a show that's been in hiatus for almost 15 years, 14 and a half years, whatever. So it's kind of exciting to get that out there. I feel like uh, retro video games, retro games. Now it's like I'm like giving ads everywhere and probably driving everyone nuts. Apologize. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, says, Cousin... Cousins has a, oh yeah, but he was 0 for 5 to start. Yeah, very rough start for him. It was crazy. Against the great Jeff's Jets pass defense. Um, uh, I was responding with, yes, super Jets defense for sure. sure. Mad Martin says, well, our O, our o better, get our, better get its act together. The D will not be able to hold the Jets all day. Nope, and they, they certainly didn't. We certainly saw that. So you you uh, you were like a Houdini with that one. You, you knew it. Um, Mad Martin said, okay, sorry, I wanted to get some light on the situation here. I was at the, yeah, I was at the last game they played in New Jersey. That was a routine victory. This Jets D is impressive. And what's funny is how you say routine victory. 
Yeah, because it was like that Jets team was pathetic, and uh, Sam Darnold, what he threw three interceptions, like he was known to do all the time around that time. Like every game, he threw multiple interceptions. It seemed like when I'd always kind of venture around the league and look at the New York Jets. Um, the funny part is that was the first Vikings win in that you know in like well whatever the Jets home stadium was because it probably wasn't MetLife Stadium in 1975. <laughs> that was the first win since 1975. Actually, no, it was their first win ever. I'm getting mixed up with the Chiefs, actually. It was their first win ever, because all the Vikings had never win in uh, Arrowhead Stadium. It was the first ever win on the road versus the New York Jets. Ever. That's crazy, isn't it? So, <laughs> to think about that. It was like 40-year history between the two teams. The first win to ever happen in that place. Um, actually, 50 years. Yeah, right? Because the, uh, the Jets won the Super Bowl in like... Super Bowl three versus the Colts, right? The uh, famous... It was like, it was a very mediocre Jets team versus an elite Indianapolis Colts team led by Johnny Unitas. And uh, Joe Namath called the victory. We're going to do it. Basically like David and Goliath. And they did. And the Jets haven't been anywhere near the Super Bowl since, really. They've been to a couple of AFC title games, sure. But they didn't do well. Next, uh, sorry, I'm babbling so much. It's just, it's interesting how it's like a routine victory. Sure, in that sense, like for the Vikings in general. But Vikings versus Jets. Yeah, I mean, that was a historic thing. And I still remember making a really big deal about it at the time because we always got our butts kicked when he went there. And it's very, very frustrating losses. Maybe not, like, killed or anything, but frustrating losses. Um, Malcolm says, the helmet alone, yep, this is the Jets, the helmet alone is pretty sweet. Love the black face mask. I don't care too much for the uniforms as a whole. I like him quite a bit, and I actually like the black pants with the green stripe. I think it looks awesome, like the green siding. I think the Jets have awesome def uh, helmets. Uh, even my mom liked them as well. I thought I responded. Yeah, I did. I said I like the black and green pants. I think those have a nice touch, and nobody liked that. So Malcolm's probably like, uh, no. Well, I like them. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, it, it's like chocolate and mint, you know, right? Sorry. I'm crazy. And I apologize. I was very inactive on, on both social medias today, and I, I'm really sorry. I'm going to try to be more and more active here. I have no excuse for it. Just kind of, kind of get locked into things and people talking to me and stuff behind the scenes about other things as I'm watching the game and it drives me nuts sometimes, but it is what it is. Um, and it's none of you. I'm not mad at any of you at all. Though Those of you that talk to me, thank you very much. Um, yep, I was ranting about, uh, I believe this is when Madison got in the end zone. He did the fake hamstring and something that looked kind of inappropriate when he got on all fours looked kind of like I don't know. He looked like he was some kind of music video where people do inappropriate things. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and I was saying, somebody please tell me the point of faking a hamstring injury. I do not understand it at all. No offense. I, I guess I'm just not cool enough, huh? And then Mad Martin says, I did not get that either. Yeah, because I know Justin Jefferson did it a few weeks ago. And, of course, the, the local media is so cool and hip with the times. They think they're so cool. Like, uh, they were making fun of Moose Johnson for, like, saying, oh, I hope he's okay, you know, and stuff, and he he didn't understand what's going on. Well, I don't understand either. I guess you could make fun of me, too. <laughs> I, I don't understand either, and I think it's dumb. Um, why ask why, where it's W-Y-E, uh, W-Y-H-E, that's how it is, like, that's how he spells why, um, replied with, think accent, the fake hamstring twerk celebration taking over sports these days, uh, August twenty August twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. After sprinting to the to home plate, 
Jackson Olsen faked a hamstring injury before dropping to his knees. Yeah, I don't get that. Dropping to his knees while his teammates gathered around him. Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, Florida running back tricks announcers with fake hamstring pull celebration. Treshawn Ward gets untouched for a Florida touchdown, then goes with a fake hamstring pull for a celebration. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It's, I mean, maybe I'm just, I just, <laughs> maybe I'm just from 100 years ago. I have no idea. I was saying, no disrespect, I'll never understand it. Why ask why responds with, same here, it's idiotic. And I said, amen, brother. Yeah, it is idiotic, I think. Uh, yep, so I'm glad to know people agree. And and we're not 100 years old. None of us are. Unfortunately, again, very quiet in the social media. It's just me babbling here now, and I'm probably annoying some of you <coughs> at the moment. Pardon me. <clears throat> Usually I edit those out, but not this time. Thank you for all the likes on the most recent uh, show post on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia. So I better get moving here. Um, wow. That's it? Huh. Dang, well, I mean, that's my own problem, though. That's my own fault. Wow, that is not much, but that's my own fault. It's my own fault for not being more active, and I really apologize, guys, for this. I was saying, best helmet in the NFL, bar none. Nobody commented. Gerald Sring out of, because you're sick of me rooting for the other team, which I was not. I was just saying I love their helmets, but people probably look, other people maybe look at it and think it's nasty, but I think it's awesome. Gerald Sring out of Nebraska, so let's go nail down the NFC North today, and we kind of sort of did, even though Green Bay won. But that's fine. As long as we keep winning, it doesn't matter. They'll run out of, they'll run out of space. They'll be, they'll, there won't be enough losses for us to uh, incur, and I hope that never happens. So... How many? Yeah, Green Bay. Okay, let's just move on. Sorry. Brett McCarthy says they are going to have uh, they are going to have to go hard today to get it. Yeah, because Jets were tough. Leland, Iowa. Brett McCarthy's out of South Dakota, of course. Leland Albertson says skull, and yep, skull back at your brother. Gerald Swing says man. Golden opportunity to score a touchdown. At least the field goal was good. Yep, that must have. <laughs> yep. Gerald String again continues. Let's stick. Let's stick this in the end zone, boys. And then he's saying field goal as well. At, at least we made him though. That's the good part. Um, Brett McCarthy said, "School, everyone. Hope this is a good game. Kind of nervous with the Jets defense, and oh, I was too. And I'm still ticked off at myself for not talking more about Sauce Carter, but I certainly did today." Leland Albertson says. Again, Iowa says, just got home, finally get to see a game live instead of Red Zone. Yep, well, live TV, well, on live TV. Yep, live on TV, yeah, instead of having to rewatch it. Yep, totally feel you there. Neeland, uh, uh Neeland, Leland, it's because I look at nodded. Yeah. Neeland, oh my God, I did it again. Leland Elbertson nodded up at three, yep. And we wrap things up with Mike Dale, at least this section, says, whelp, stuck in the airport. Dang it. Welp, whelp, stuck in the airport. Oh, what? Who's laughing? Oh, Mark was laughing. Look at you, Mark. <laughs> whelp, stuck in the airport in Orlando, waiting to fly home. I'm at the mercy of the regional telecast here in Florida. So it's Jags versus Lions, unfortunately. This is the closest thing to purgatory on Earth. Looks like I'll have to follow the Vikings game on my phone. Skull. Yeah, I mean, but at least Detroit played really well. But yeah, I mean, I get what you mean there. I mean, the freaking Jaguars and the Lions. Woof. Yeah, I mean, that's not, uh, yeah, that's not an epic battle. But at least the New York, uh, at least the whatever they call them, 
the um, Lions played very well, and that's next week's opponent. So you got to scout next week's opponent. Where's the post game thread? Where'd it go? Please tell me this is a, this isn't real. Oh my gosh, where did it go? I know I posted it. Did I delete it? Oh, I'm gonna kick myself. I, I it was posted. There it is. Why did it go away? Whew, that's weird. I must have bumped something strange, but here it is. Thank you, God. <laughs> okay. And by the way, Mike Dale is out of New York. Not the city, but the state. Gerald Spring says, yet another walk-off interception. Wow, whatever it takes. Ugly wins are still wins, and yes, they are. That's the good part. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, well, I did see the final minutes of the game. Sealing a victory with an interception seems to be trending, but personally, can we just secure a solid lead and keep it Looking forward to the next episode. Oh, yeah, Joey, the analytics software is correct for my geographic area of Iowa. Cool stuff. That's cool. Um, is it Sheldon, Iowa? Or is it one of the others? Yeah, I'm going to go to the cities now. It's obviously Iowa, but I mean, yeah, the cities. I'm going to pull the cities up now. Was it Sheldon or was it the... That's cool. So, and, it's not, and it looks like a bunch of people live there. And that's your... The same person downloading. I don't think they'd even let you do that. Yeah, I mean, Sheldon, Iowa has got a lot of downloads. It's number one. It's the number one city of all, all the Purple Mafia downloads. Sheldon, Iowa is number one. Is that a city or kind of like a big area? But um, isn't that crazy? It's number one. Minneapolis is number two. Whirl, England, United Kingdom is number three. Queens, New York, number four. Queens, New York. Isn't that crazy and cool? Fort Dodge, Iowa. Los Angeles, California. Maybe Anthony from L.A. still listening, hopefully. Um, there's Rochester, New York. Isn't that cool? That's probably closer to where Mike Dale is, I believe, right? Um, New Ellsmore, New South Wales, I believe, right? That's uh, Australia. Cool. Astero, Florida. Fort Dodge, Iowa. Omaha, Nebraska. And I'm pretty sure Justin in Rochester listens as well. He said he does. And I've, I've got to see his YouTube as well. Purple Gold app. So good. Um, Purple and Gold Diaries. Hope I'm saying the right one. I'd be mad if I screwed that up. Yep, of course I messed it up. I apologize, Justin. At jday underscore 24. Yep, and how that, that kind of goes, rolls right off your tongue. Underscore 24. Yep, Purple and Gold for Days. Purple and Gold for Days. Highly recommended. So, yeah, I apologize that I rudely said it wrong. Um, so, yep, Justin in Rochester, Minnesota, I believe. He's not in not Rochester, New York, is he? And if he is, he is, but no, he's not, because I know he's local. Yeah, but this is the local shows. I suppose, though, you could, even if you lived over there nowadays with iHeartRadio, which Purple Mafia is also on, doggone it. So, <laughs> but yep, Purple and Gold for Days, that's on YouTube, just like uh, some other guys that have uh, emerged over the years trying to, <laughs> beat us all up, right? All of us original guys. No, but yeah, Justin Rochester's a great guy. Um, Dave Hickey says, "What? Uh, yep. What are we? The cardiac? What are we? The cardiac kids every week?" Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Uh, it seems like we're in another nail biter besides Dallas and Philly. I almost hate to say it, but maybe it's our year. Our, our year. Things just seem to fall into place at the right time. We're getting calls from the officials, which has never happened in years gone by. And we're winning on the narrowest margins, just like we lost last year with veteran players and coaches. But this new coaching staff seems to be in unison with the players, and everyone has a positive attitude uh, where in the last few years it's been negative. 
with the coaches blaming the players for everything. Skull, let's continue this ride. Yep, I really sincerely hope so. Robin Sullivan. Wow, it's been a while. Love to hear from Robin Sullivan. I believe she's from Brooklyn Park, right? Yep, because I remember her saying that a while back. Unless she moved, I don't know. Um, Robin Sullivan says, These nail-biting games are giving me bad anxiety. <laughs> Agreed. It was an ugly victory, yes. It was an exciting game and still a win for all of us. Yep, and again, the 10th win of the year already, which has already exceeded. Uh, it's the most wins Kirk Cousins had in the regular season, right? It was like the 10 and 6 season a couple years ago. I think he had one of those with Washington, right? So one more and he's the all-time. So cool. Wow, this has become a high-scoring game, which earlier in the year you'd probably, yeah, wouldn't surprise you. Colts and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I suppose, though, because Matt Ryan's actually playing. Again, more reason, I think, the uh, that uh, Frank Reich was let go because he was, like, saying, oh, Matt Ryan's not going to play anymore this year. That's probably what happened. So there's probably too much nonsense going on there. Eric Mustard, South Dakota says, Vikings up to the fourth quarter. Let's win this game, definitely. Vikings in the fourth quarter. Nah, let's stick to the same old formula. <laughs> Judy Mahon Fitzgerald says, amazing heart attack kids did it again. Heart attack kids, wow. You mean cardiac, right? <laughs> uh, today Brown says, I had zero faith we were winning that game at halftime. Take the wins. Wow, even though we were ahead, huh? But yep, I suppose, because it's scary probably what you were seeing, right? Take the wins. The NFL can have any win on any day. 10-2, and 10 and two. Skull. Eric Mustard jumps back in, says, NFL critics over the past decade... The Vikings just can't finish close games. Vikings this year, okay, will win all of the close games. Yeah, that's the amazing part, all of the close games. Brad McCarthy says, once again, defense saves the day, making plays when needed. Yep, despite the bend but don't break, they made the plays when needed. And Patrick Grant says, an ugly win, uh, an ugly win, but still a win. 10-2, and two, baby. Yep, 10-2. and two. That is... An awesome, awesome thing. Patrick Grant. Great to hear from Patrick Grant from Oakdale, Minnesota. Lives in Woodbury. Okay, yep. I thought he was local, but I wanted to make absolute sure. Great to hear from Patrick Grant always. Yep, classic. Love hearing from Patrick Grant. Um, that should wrap up the Fan Interaction segment then. Uh, other than that, uh, the gold star of this week is me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Give me a break. Gold star of the week, me. <laughs> No. Uh, the Gold Star of the Week is... Hmm. I think I want to go with uh, Dave Hickey. I really like what he said there. That was awesome. I want to go with Dave Hickey. Uh, Silver Star always got it. It's like Mad Martin's almost always guaranteed that. He's just the greatest. Mad Martin's like a Silver Star. Bronze. bronze um it's all over the place you know it's somebody like you know like i want to give one to patrick grant you know he's you know i i, I love hearing from him you know even though it's usually a short thing but you know it it's it's just nice that he's consistent he comes on and i, and I want him to be recognized you know that he's appreciated you know i i love what he talks and I love what he says and robin sullivan also welcome back you know it's been a long time I haven't heard from you in forever and hope all is going well and you're still listening and all that um, thank you for j jumping on board. Great to hear from you. Also, Judy Fitzgerald as well. But, uh, yep, that's what we're going to go with for this week. I mean, like, people like Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, Gerald Spring could get a gold, a silver, a bronze every week. You know, they're just so good. Obviously, Mike Dale is incredible. Uh, Mad Martin's incredible. 
So it is what it is. They're like we're Hall of Fame like this, pretty much like that. You know, so <laughs> that's what's going on. What's going on with Matt Ryan here? Pleading his case about something. Sometimes I forget Matt Ryan's still playing. You know, and it's like, you know, it's not like he's that old. He's just older. Oh, yeah, maybe he's ranting about like a face mask or roughing the past or something. Yeah, that's a face mask. Big time. They didn't call it. They didn't call it. What's going on? Huh. So I could see that's why Matt Ryan was upset. Other than that, though, again, I passed out the stars. Please tell your friends about the show. Please write a positive rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher. Those are places where you can write ratings of the show. And those of you that have already, thank you so very much. And the positive ratings that have popped up for Pearl Mafia, like about a month ago, really appreciate those. I read those at the time. So really appreciate you very much. And Welcome back to Christmas season. Hope you're enjoying it. And again, avoid the crowds, yet at the same time, enjoy the Christmas lights. That's something I like to always do after the show during this time of year. Maybe have a victory cigar as well. Tobacco use only, of course. I don't venture into the other crazy stuff. And I do mean that. I I do mean that. Um, If you do, I guess that's your choice. (laughs) Other than that, though, um, check out Video Game Flashback. Freedom of thought, if you can tolerate me, I don't know. Maybe some, and if, if you can't tolerate me, I understand about that. If you want me to just stick to sports, that's totally fine. Sports and retro video games with video game flashback. Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, I've already shouted out enough to those. Really appreciate all you guys, though, always being a part of this show and uh, interacting and all that. And It's appreciated so much, and I hope this season really does have the happy ending we've always been waiting for. Um, there is something different that we're seeing this year that we weren't seeing in the past, even during the Brett Favre year. Uh, we were losing close games and having some ugly days. But, of course, again, the two games we did lose were uglier than ugly can get. You just hope that isn't the way the season ends, and I'm praying to God that it doesn't really am. I mean that for, with full sincerity. All of you have a wonderful uh, week, and hopefully the, hopefully the winning streak continues and never really does end.